Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, I'm Paul Listick, and welcome to Behind the Curtain. Welcome, everybody, to Paul Listick Behind the Curtain. And, yes, a step away from the political world I live on WGN-TV and a chance to do what I love so much, which is the world of theater. We're going to talk about a a show called Sons of Hollywood. It's playing at one of my favorite venues, Windy City Playhouse. It's actually up at their flagship uh, theater on Irving, 3014 West Irving Park. And i got to tell you, you've heard me talk about Windy City Playhouse shows before because they're, they're immersive. When people are eating, so are you. This is a little bit different than that, but what a unique and interesting story this is. And it's true. Joining me, the co-writer of this show, and also Windy City Playhouse's uh, artistic director, Carl Menninger is with me, Adam Jennings, who plays Billy Haynes, who was a real person, and Abby Lee, who plays Lucille Lesseur, who also was a real person, who you know under another name, and we're going to talk about that. Welcome to all. Carl, I'm going to start with you. Tell us the story of Sons of Hollywood, because some people, I think, are surprised to learn, wait a minute, this really happened. Yeah, it's a, it's a it, the play is based on a true story of uh, three uh, film stars, uh, Joan Crawford, who started off as an actor named Lucille Lasseur, William Haynes, and Ramon Navarro, who were all silent film stars in the 1920s. And William Haynes and Ramon Navarro both were gay. And when what was called the production code, which was an attempt to crack down on Hollywood Babylon, came into being, both of the men were cut loose from uh, from Hollywood. I'll let Adam tell the story of William Haynes being cut loose. Um, and the play is about the first act, about their stardom, and the second act is about what they do once they've been released from the studios. And uh, one of them reinvents himself, and the other one tries to reinvent himself, but his demons about his homosexuality really overtake him, and he winds up in a, just a terrible, awful, tragic event at the end of the story. And in fact, while I watched the show, although, I mean, you know, Ramon Navarro started in Ben-Hur, the silent version, so, you know, and I know a lot about movies and film, but it, it just initially, I, I wasn't familiar with some of the names, so some of the scenes that play out, I sort of thought, well, that's a really interesting thing to put in this, which is what let me know, no, wait a minute, we're watching something that actually happened. Adam, let me come to you, because you play an actor named Billy Haynes, who did shift his career as time went on, because in the sort of the very early days of gay Hollywood, this is somebody who said, no, Louis B. Mayer, I'm not going to play by the rules. Billy had the time of his life. He was a really uh, fascinating person. It's been an honor for me to portray him. Um, And yeah, when this production code started hitting Hollywood's biggest gay stars hardest, uh, Billy turned around and said, I'm going to choose my lover and my partner, and I don't care what anybody thinks. And he went on to become one of uh, the most famous interior decorators and uh, and designers, world-renowned. And so here's a story of a man who was at the top of the world in 1930. He was the number one box office star in the country. Um, to only a couple of years later, his movie career fell apart, um, and he was able to, uh, to come out on top, as they say, to make such a courageous choice at that time and really set the tone for and, and pave the paved the way for stars of the future to ideally and hopefully uh, feel more comfortable about who they really are. And by the way, I was, and I think I had this right, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
you can actually still get Billy Haynes furniture and designs today. Yes. Ryan Murphy, who's a very famous uh, TV producer, has a tremendous collection of William Haynes designs. And they're a little too expensive for my taste, but I, I do think they're <laughs> fabulous. Well, listen, Abby, you play... <laughs> You play an actress named Lucille LeSueur in real life, becomes somebody else, and I, I'm going to be careful. Well, we, we've said the name, and I think it's okay to say it, because this is an actress who ultimately becomes Joan Crawford. And yeah. Carl, chime in on this, too, but let me just start with Abby. To me, I think it's brilliant that we actually just eventually learn who she is, because truthfully, Abby, and tell me if you agree, if we know that this is ultimately Joan Crawford, we now have all sorts of stuff like Mommy Dearest and all sorts of stuff in our head that I don't think the playwright wants in our head, and I don't think it's relevant to her career at this time of her life that you play her. Right, and that the Mommy Dearest account is just one person's account of who she was. Um, there, she had a lot of... Um, uh, what I did was um, take her same qualities and characteristics and achieve a different result with that, which is the result that I think Carl and the other playwright with Carl Berry uh, were going for. Um, she was an incredible ally to the gay community, um, which I did not know prior to doing all of my research. Um, and also the play isn't about Joan Crawford. It's about Billy and Ramon, really, um, and their relationships and how they uh, navigated the homophobic uh, world of Hollywood um, and how she was able to assist them in that. So we didn't. I know that we all didn't want to make it about Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest and all this other um, stuff. So yes, we did avoid the spoilers of uh, jo- that, that the name Joan Crawford might um, elicit. But you know, Carl, what we're doing here with this interview, of course, is clarifying the very point that you avoided it. But it sounds like this thought is right on. Had you just sort of said, "Yeah, by the way, this is the Joan Crawford person," whatever, you would have had to really grapple with keeping attention where attention needed to be in this show. Is that a fair enough thing to think? Absolutely. And, and um, what we were trying to do is, I, I think if we had turned Joan Crawford into the monster that was depicted in the book and film of Mommy Dearest, then I think it, it, we would have tipped the balance of the story. And um, Abby is delightful and wonderful as, as Joan and manages to, to walk a wonderful line of um, being a strong, sassy, uh, powerful woman without being just this difficult, overbearing individual. She truly in the play is, is a dear friend to both of these men. And uh, that was what we were trying to do is use her as, as a bridge between these two men and, and as a way to help move the story forward. And Adam, did you do a lot of homework to find out sort of what even living the gay life was like back then in terms of because, you know, again, other than, than Billy Haynes, who just said, hey, I'm going to be out there. You know, there were other people like Ramon Navarro. They were very concerned about how, how the community was looking. They all had the lives that they lived, but it was private. Uh, I would say it's fair to say that I, I did my homework. The, the script was the first introduction I had to these uh, these people and their lives. Uh, and then I picked up a book called Wisecracker, which is written by William J. Mann, who uh, really uh, was able to get a hold of some of Billy's old friends, a tremendous amount of archives, uh, film footage, interviews, photo play articles. So I dove as deeply uh, into Billy's life as I could. I learned about what he, you know, what he went through as a, as a kid having run away from home with his boyfriend uh, at age 14. They opened a dance club together in a nearby town. He was in New York City discovering himself um, before he was 20 years old and then was discovered uh, as a fresh-faced 
for Hollywood at age 22. Um, and he really didn't star in any major motion pictures for a few years after that. But here's, here's a guy who loved to redecorate his bedroom when he was a kid. He loved spending time in the kitchen with his mother. And it was in Greenwich Village uh, as a late teen that he really started to blossom into a proud gay man. Uh, and even in his films, he was depicted as uh, a love interest and a macho man. And it was in a movie called Way Out West in 1930 that is one of his, I'd say, most out roles, uh, or his, his characters speaking the name Pansy, uh, that ch- sort of changed the perception of him as a, a sex symbol. And, you know, so to portray somebody who knew who he was and had no bones about it, um, and then to, to be told, William Haynes to be told by the studios and uh, and this production code that he wasn't allowed to be himself, he went ahead and said, well, you guys can keep your production code and uh, I'm going to continue to be who I am. And Abby, was it tough to play Lucille Lassure, this role, who in, you know, as we get to know her later in her life as this larger-than-life figure, um, you had to kind of tone that down. So you had to really think about who this woman was when she was young. Yeah, and she um, she was originally a flapper girl. That's how she got her start. So she was a dancer. And being an actor, I've met all kinds of dancers. So there's a lot to pull from in contemporary times. Before we have to wrap it, Carl, let me ask you, you know, ordinarily when we go to Windy City Playhouse, if they're playing tennis, we go play tennis with them. <laughs> they're swimming, we jump in the pool. They're having a drink, we get a cocktail. This, this is not done the way the usual Windy City Playhouse stuff is immersively. Was there thought to like let's do it that way or was it like no this this story just needs to be a bit different there was a little bit of both actually and i think covid had something to do with that it we were able to separate the audience from the actors um i this play felt a little more traditional than other than other things that we've done um uh so i think it was i think it was a, a, a bit of both of those things um, I think it really works in a traditional in a traditional form. We still uh, we still have a very small uh, intimate space, which is something we value a great deal. Is is bringing the audience, uh, making the audience uh, feel as though they are part of what's going on, and uh, and it, the audience is up uh, up close to what's going on, and that feels great, and it feels uh, it, it it allows them to feel really engaged and drawn into what's going on on stage. Well, I agree with you, and you had to do, you know, and of course, Recipe for Disaster, another production of Windy City Playhouse down at the Petarinos area, that does give you the more traditional Windy City, here we're eating, so you're eating kind of a thing, which is really great. Let's hope the show comes back Thank even you. in the future, and then um, Adam and I can sit and have a drink around those tables inside the club, because if he's drinking, I get to drink, because I'm in the audience. Right. Uh, and that's, that's and you know, works. Paul, Paul that. There is a tennis scene in Sons of Hollywood, and Carl, if you'd like me to try out handing my racket to an audience member, I'm more than happy to give it a shot. <laughs> I love it. See, already thinking ahead. The show is playing through Sunday the 17th, Sons of Hollywood, Windy City Playhouse. Get tickets at WindyCityPlayhouse.com. It really is just, it, it's such a wonderful show. I was just, I wasn't surprised because I love everything that they do at Windy City Playhouse, but I really did enjoy uh, this show, and I congratulate you on an excellent super project, Adam. Abby, thank you. thank you so much for, for just great performances. Give my regards to the cast, and we'll look forward to, to getting there and see it again and, and have a, a long, long run with it. Sons of Hollywood at Windy City Playhouse. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. 
Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain.